Today's Stripe Show podcast is brought to you by About Golf Simulators. And we're back, Stripe Show podcast, on a Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Travis Fulton, joined by my man, Keith Stewart. He's not on site this week, but he will be. There's another tournament or two out there he'll be traveling to. Sanderson Farms this week. Whoa, what a field. We're back. But we've uh, we've dug in, folks. We've got some um, we've got some really good picks for you uh, that we think will do well down there in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. And Keith, you know, I was going to come on, and I really thought about doing the research and doing my best Italian, uh, you know, to open the show. But uh, I just couldn't pull it off. How you doing, bud? I am uh, I am well, Travis. It's great to be with you. And um, next week I'll be on the road in Vegas. Yeah, and why not? If you can go somewhere, <laughs> let's go to Vegas. So, uh, um, but I'm in the studio this week and uh, a pleasure as always to be on a Stripe show with you. Yeah, man, this is, uh, we'll get to Sanderson Farms here in a second, but uh, I know you and I were texting last week, uh, the Ryder Cup, and uh, things didn't go uh, as planned there, Mr. Stewart, for uh, the no. boys uh, over there in uh, in Rome, 16 and a half to 11 and a half. I, I did a, a big thing yesterday on the podcast. And I probably spent too much time on the job that I thought Luke Donald did and the circles that I thought he did around Zach Johnson. I know the players hit the shots, but I can't remember. I can't remember another Ryder Cup where I was more impressed with a captain than I was with uh, Luke Donald. Well, case in point, how many times have you been at the closing ceremonies and the players are yelling out one more time? I mean, I've never, I've never seen, yep. you know, the team yell for their captain. Like, I mean, I, I've seen them be very appreciative, but I've never seen them go through the trouble of saying we want Luke again. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll be the first one to raise my hand. You know, I thought that the U S had the talent to go over there. Um, as it turned out, you know, there's an old saying style filters down or, Maybe the fish stinks from the head, but we were just not a coordinated effort over there whatsoever. And I did not handicap the captains at all. And that was my biggest mistake. I'll raise my hand and say I was wrong because, um, I mean, from the opening ceremonies, captain's remarks till the very end, it just, we were just out led in every way imaginable. It just, um, it's too bad, you know, um, mm -hmm. For me, for me, the one positive, because I know we don't want to dwell on this forever. We got to move on to Sanderson. But I, I think Max Homa um, now for two straight. I was at Quail Hollow last year at the President's Cup. I was blown away with his um, play and his ability to handle that huge situation. And he, he took it to a next level this year. So, you know, I think anyone that's in that camp uh, should be congratulated, starting with him. I think tremendous job. And uh uh, man, Luke Donald was was so impressive every step of the way. I know you went there uh, yesterday, so I, I just I just got to uh, validate that because man, yeah. I, everything that that guy did, um, you know, and they talk about tearing this thing and burning it down and everything. Just go follow the culture that he built, and folks, that's that's the key to winning, right there. And um, I think everybody it is over there. Job. Yeah, what's that? over there for sure. Over there for sure. Oh, yeah. there, there's a huge disconnect uh, when we go over there. Now, I do think when they play in the United States, which, 
you know, they've been able to hold their own over here, obviously. I do think when they get on a course like Whistling Straits, uh, Beth Page, you know, they're going to set it up, obviously, to the strength of the American players and the ball being in the air. And, and the better player, I do think, kind of plays out. Although I do think this team from Europe, when they come over here in a couple years, there, th there's going to be a lot of time put into what they need to do to be competitive and perhaps pull this thing out uh, in Beth Page. I just think the the entire process when we go over there, you can see the breakdown. I mean, when when is it in our best interest that going over there and picking our buddies to be on the team, like that's that's what we're that's that's where we're at, right? Like that's kind of what we did really is that we just kind of went down and said, hey, you know, these guys are friends and they all get along in the locker room. And that's what we're going to do. Like, that's our best effort leading forward. Meanwhile, Luke and his team, Eduardo Molinari, I said that name yesterday. That's a guy that needs to be mentioned. I reached out to him. Um, we've exchanged a few DMs over the years, and I'd love to have him on. I don't think he's going to. He's not going to give away, uh, you know, a lot of the things that he did for that team. But I guarantee you, there was a lot of time put with Eduardo Francisco, his brother, and... There were a lot of analytics and details coming in, and they played right to that, exactly to it. It went to their picks in Robert McIntyre, um, Sepp Straka, obviously Aberg, who we'll talk about today. He's in the field, uh, you know, and it went right to them. And, and their captain's picks played out brilliantly. Uh, their, their four ball, obviously, uh, or excuse me, their four sums, just, again, dominant over there. It just yeah. felt very strategic, very organized, very articulated from Luke to the press, which then was back to his team, inspiration, masterclass through and through. And uh, we got embarrassed, man. Look, United States, 1 through 12, it's the better team. There, there's way more talent. You cannot convince me otherwise. Yeah, and they went over there and got their asses handed to them. I mean, that's that's a beatdown. <laughs> well, I, again, um, there's no I in team. You know, <laughs> I, they just they they did not come together and play well together. And I and I honestly believe, having experienced all of this in uh, in the middle of the night, that it, it just <laughs> golly. I mean, yeah. all right, so so. The European team seems to rally around each other. And we do to a certain point, but like the way that Luke, like on social media, took everyone through the locker room and then he went into the locker room itself and he's like, we hung a, a locker up here for Seve, right? We put his last golf shirt from his last Ryder Cup that he played in. All right. So if you were going to, I got a question for you. If you were going to create that locker room atmosphere for the US team, whose golf shirt would you hang? Well, Tiger probably, but for different reasons, not so much from a, a Ryder Cup performance standpoint, but as the best player ever, or certainly of this generation, you would you would probably try to draw on Tiger because they all love him. I mean, that, to me, that's the problem yeah. with the way that we run this thing. We mm -hmm. just expect to play better and win, and we don't play that's as right. a team. You know, and then it, it's like we're not prepared. I mean, how are yeah. they not ready for all of this? They had... All due respect to Eduardo Molinari, he's brilliant. But we had 
we had similar statisticians and I'm sure they gave them similar reports and then we just don't use them. I mean, what that are we doing like. on what, what is Zach doing on Saturday PM four balls when he's got Cantley playing with Clark and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they don't even play a practice round together. They would never even paired together. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Like what? Like this is the frustrating part for me. I mean, I could get over like 600 Derek Jeter and like Tony Finau and Annika Sonic. Annika Sorenstam commercials, right? But like when when the golf was actually on TV, mm-hmm. you you made a point to defend your choice to take JT and Jordan, and then you put out two rookies in the foursomes on Friday morning, and you don't even put those guys out. Like, explain that to me. Just yeah. explain that to me because I don't get it, right? And I and when you look at great coaches like a Greg Popovich or a Bill Belichick or a John Wooden or whomever, right? Those guys, you never have to figure out what they're up to. Mm-hmm. It was no mystery to me what Luke Donald was doing. He had three horses, three thoroughbreds, and mm-hmm. he was going to run them out until, I mean, John Rahm would have played Saturday afternoon if he was needed, but they rested him and they allowed it, you know, gear down your emotions for a minute. Cause you're going out first tomorrow. There's no doubt about it on Sunday, right? Like, I just, why don't we have, why don't we use a plan? I'm, I am sure there were people behind the scenes that were trying to create a plan, but why are we using it? Like, what is, like, what is going on? And yeah. I don't care about hats and I don't care about <laughs> Joe LaCava losing his mind for 20 seconds and getting in players' faces or whatever. I mean, that's just all distraction away from the fact that what, why didn't we have a better plan and preparation? That yep. to me, that, that drives me nuts. Yeah, and then be prepared when things do change or someone gets sick or what of that. What are you going to do? How are you going to pivot? Um, yeah, it just makes no sense. I mean, that was some of my stuff I talked about yesterday. Like some of this information has to be coming in. There are people doing things. Oh yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know what some of the other vice captains really do, other than Fred Couples spilling out information that doesn't even pan out uh, to what actually did play out for the U.S. team. So our vice captains aren't even really dialed in what Zach is thinking. I mean, so I don't even know what Fred does uh, or Furick or Stricker or Sink. I, mean, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what they're doing. They're just, you know, they're kind of walking around. Freddie's cool. Nice interview. I like Fred. I mean, I, but what value are they bringing to the team? What is their role? And and so, yeah, I agree. I think there's stats coming in. I, I'm with you on those things. Speeds all over the map Friday. Let's run them back out there on Saturday morning, all over the map. Let's run them back out there Saturday afternoon. I mean, what? Like, none of it even makes sense. And and that's where, and you texted me this. And I'm going to give you credit. I don't know if you don't want me to say this, but I'm going to anyway. Oh, here we go. Right, let it go. <laughs> well, I mean, how can it get any worse? <laughs> you said, you said, you, you said it's something to the tune of it's hard for the captain to hurt the team of a Ryder Cup. It's hard. Like, you really have to kind of make some blunders and and that's where we were at like it just felt like the whole thing was completely unorganized and there was just if, if the it just felt like the plan was hey we're the better team let's just show up and play players hit the shots and that's what it is doesn't work over there i'm sorry next time we go over it's 34 plus years so anyway that's the that's the wrap on actually no one more thing i'm going to say this one more time because you brought up hacks home max homa and you're exactly right Let's start here, okay? Let's. I'm going to start with the plan, right? Here's the plan. 
Everybody bitches about it, but no one wants to offer a solution. Well, here's, here's step number one. Step number one is going to be, let's start identifying players that the Ryder Cup means something to them, and let's establish what that plan is. And here's the criteria to be a part of the Ryder Cup, okay? And if you can't check those boxes and, and they don't mean it, 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 it's not for you, it doesn't fit in your schedule, doesn't make sense for you financially, whatever, you know, X, I'm sure there's a list of things that can be brought up. Then we will eliminate you from the idea of a Ryder Cup. My captains are going to, or my vice captains are going to be out there. They're going to be spending time with you. And they're going to be reporting back to me. And as I get wind that maybe this isn't for you, then I'm not going to take you, Xander Shoffley. I'm not going to take you, Patrick Cantley. And that means we might have to clip one or two of our best players. But you know what? I don't care. I just want a little more of a unified front. Take out the BS noise. And can we just go and just be a team that has some of an identity and a culture of guys that want to be there? Let's start with that first. No excuses. And then we'll take our chances from there. I'm just so over this Xander. And I told you, I've told you this for a couple of years now with Xander. There's some, uh, it ain't right, man. It's, it's not right. I'm not saying that they don't deserve to get paid. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, that's a different conversation. I'm just saying that as of right now, this year, this is what it is. This is what you're signing up for. And if that's a problem, then don't go. Don't go. Don't make it an issue and make something part of the team because we, we need, we need a little more no nonsense, right? No more nonsense. Here's the deal. Here's what you're signing up for. If it doesn't mean something to you and these things don't apply and you have a problem with those, then we're fine with that. Because you know what? We'll take Keegan Bradley. We'll yeah. take someone who's hungry and it means something to them and they'll play inspired golf. And you know what? The America's deep enough that they'll still go over there and compete. And they can't do any damn worse than we've done over the last 30 years. I'm right, not looking about for the Sanderson best. Farms. <laughs> I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right ones. There you right, go. Famous, famous Herb Brooks line. Yeah. You know, I just think the last thing I'll say on any of this, why is it always an issue? Like our Olympic basketball team can't perform. Why, why is it that the Ryder Cup? I mean, it's just as an American. Yeah. Sander, let's go to Sanderson. Let All right. Go. Sanderson Farm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jackson. I went to Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, um, yeah. First time I've ever been. Um, Any good? <clears throat> yeah. Or two from, trips in one. No, I I, I, did, I went and um, did a training and was a, a speaker at in Jackson there uh, for the PGA. I did a, a, a little training thing there. We were just outside of the city. I didn't get to spend much time down there. But, um, yeah, that was the first time. I had a, I had a really good um, – we went somewhere really good prime rib. Ooh. Of course, they've got the they're they're known for their uh, their blues, right? The music, um, and so yeah, yeah. I'd go back. I'd go back to Jackson. All right. Go back to Jackson. I want to play the Country Club of Jackson. That's where we're at. Seventy four hundred yards, par seventy two. Yeah, it's a birdie fest, Keith. Right? These guys, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have to make some birdies. I, I I'll I'll just state this and then i'm going to give you the floor to educate our audience on what we need to know here about this course 
But I did go back to the previous winners, Mackenzie Hughes, 2022. Yeah. He lost strokes off the tee. Okay. But he was positive five in approach, positive four and a half around the green, positive 3.7 in putting. And then in 2021, Sam Burns won. And he lost strokes putting. <laughs> Negative two, which is kind of unlike Sam. But he gained it positive six off the tee, positive eight approach, and then pretty 0.4 in around the green. Sergio won at 19. He lost strokes around the green, but was solid off the tee, positive five, positive seven approach, positive two putting. All right, so... I look at the I look at these names. Sebastian Munoz is one here. Cameron Champ is one here. I mean, my goodness. I mean, this is <laughs> with this field and what I'm seeing who's won here in the past and how they did it. This thing is is wide open, isn't it? Eight of the last nine winners. So I only go back nine because they started playing at Country Club of Jackson in 2014. So eight of the last nine winners had pre-tournament odds of plus 5,500 or greater. So that's 55 to one. So yes, there's um, the, the favorites are easy to fade at uh, the Sanderson farms championship. Uh, Sam Burns is the only one he was 16 to one that um, came in as a favorite and played well um, yep. and won back in uh, 2021. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's uh, everyone looks at this golf course and they start to say, Oh, you got to put the ball in the fairway. Oh, you know, the rate, you know, the approach buckets are 125 to 175. Like, those guys are all good from that range. They're all they're all great from that range, right? Mm-hmm. They'd be the best player at your home club from that range, from 125 to 75, hands down. Any guy in the field, right? Um, it helps to 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 not be in the rough. And it seems like over those nine years, the strongest trend has been with the putter. And that's probably not someplace that people are looking a lot. But I, I started to ask myself, like when I handicap these things and thinking as like a golf coach, like if I, if Travis was my player, what would we be working on? And, and it really comes down to the grass. All right. Bermuda grass, rough, very difficult to deal with from an approach perspective. So get the ball on the fairway, Travis, right? Like then, then when you are approaching, it's like, okay, what is our foolproof plan to get the ball on the green Re- reasonably good size green, 6,200 square feet on average. Right. So a little bit bigger than average. And then the other thing is, is that how do you put on Bermuda grass greens? And it seems to me like as you go down through that list, Bermuda Burns, you know, um, mm-hmm. Cam, Cam Champ, you know, he was like nine strokes putting that year. So like th- these guys for the year that they won, they did it with obviously proximity to the hole with a wedge in their hand, but they handled the Bermuda grass. And I think mm-hmm. that that's the biggest thing that people that if they just look at the numbers, they kind of don't really put it all in, in like a macro perspective, which is a golf professional. That's where I start all the time which is why, hey, no one wins every week, but we can contend a lot more than other people if you understand what it takes to actually succeed on the golf course. And this is, we're deep south right here. I mean, this is like the grainiest, weediest Bermuda you're going to get, Yeah, right? When they're like, you know, when you go to US Open and it's up north and they're like, oh, the rough is five inches. If you had five inches of Bermuda, you wouldn't find the golf ball, right? Like two <laughs> inches of Bermuda, is equates to like double that in bent grass or rye grass or Kentucky, you know, fescue grasses and stuff like that. So I I think if you really get an appreciation who in the field can handle the Bermuda grass, both in the rough 
around the greens and of course on the greens, then I think that that's really the secret to handicapping this thing. And that's my, that's my course breakdown for you. Well, I mean, look, to go back to the tee shot for a second. Uh, It's, you know, I think some distance plays out here Uh, and, but it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to be striping the fairways here. This is not Marco Simone. I mean, this is, there's going to be a little bit more room here um, to, to hit the driver. And, uh, I mean, we know approach is going to play out here. You're going to have to have a great iron week. You're going to have a lot of shots from 100 to 125, 125 to 150. Again, this isn't Marco Simone where they're going to kind of force your hand maybe with more middle irons, which I thought was very clever uh, last week. And uh, to your point, yeah, I, I agree. The Bermuda, very, very fast Bermuda greens here. I have heard multiple players say the best greens of the year. At times. Okay, so I've heard fast, lightning fast Bermuda green. So, yeah. Yeah, those are, um, I I think that, I think that sums it up good. All right, let's, let's, let's go to the board. I'm going to try a couple new segments here, Keith. You and I have been talking. I'm going to call this one, we're going to call this one the opening tee shot. Okay. The opening tee shot where Keith takes you. Right away, look at the board. First click, what do you got? Um, when I got to the board on Monday morning, first guy, Doug Gim. That was it. Ugh. And because I knew Doug, that the ball, because it's been a while since these guys have played, Travis. I knew, I know that his ball striking will stand the breaks, the off and on that these guys have had since the Wyndham. I mean, it's almost been like, Two months since these guys have played routinely. And, uh, you know, what do we need? We just talked about it. The putter. I One of the things that stuck out in my mind from the Fortinet, and there was a couple things there, Homa, you know, Thomas playing well, et cetera, but was that Doug Gim gained almost three shots stra- on the greens. So I was, I knew he's the type of young star mm-hmm. that's been building confidence and is trending towards a win. So I was looking for his number. He's in the mid five, like he's up there around 50. So I was like, boom. I love yeah, Doug currently Gim. 50, to, 50 to one right now. Most yep. boards. Doug Gim. Wow. I, I wasn't expecting that. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I was not, uh, I was not expecting that name. First click on a Monday. All right. I'll Texas, go to 45. To one. Player. Here's the first one I went to. I'll, I'll go 45 to one Sam Ryder. Oh, and, uh, I was, uh, I was talking with his coach uh, this morning, Josh Gregory. And the reason, right. and the reason is, I was like, Josh, his iron game, like it is exceptional right now. I mean, really, really Good. coming along. Yeah. Look at him at Fortnite. He was uh, 14th. FedEx St. Jude. I know I'm going back. He was 31st. But you look at the last five tournaments. We're talking positive four and above with approach. At Fortnite, positive 6.4 approach. Off the tee, positive 3.2. Now, can Sam Ryder make enough putts? I think that's always the issue, but his best surface by far with the flat stick is Bermuda. Yeah. So you heard it here first. Sam Ryder, 45 to 1, first click, wins Sanderson Farms by one over Doug Gibb. <laughs> Um, I mean, he's the, he's the perfect, he's the perfect fit for that place. Yep. 
Hackmotion is an innovative wrist analysis sensor and app that measures players' wrist and hand movement in the golf swing. With audio feedback and different drill modes, it offers the capability to improve players' wrist mechanics in the golf swing to provide a better club face control and impact position. Hackmotion can be used for both full swing and putting to cover all golf shots. Hackmotion is used by some of the top golf coaches today around the world. Visit hackmotion.com. He needs to trend a little with the putter, but uh, yeah. he was, he's definitely, uh, you, you said you were surprised by Gim. I am not surprised by Sam Ryder. Okay. So I, I, I would validate that 100%. I, right. I think that, uh, yeah. I on mean, that note, on that yeah. note, let's take it All to right. the top of the board. Our boy oh. Ludwig Aberg, the uh, favorite, 12 to 1. Eric Cole, 20. Jaeger, 20. Grio, 25. Bo Hostler, wow. 30. Say that out loud. Bo Hostler, 30 to 1. Keith Mitchell, 30 to 1. Kim, 33. Herbert, 35. Let's stop there. Top of the board. I want to know when you look at that, if we're going to fade a favorite, who's it going to be? Oh, I, I, um, you know, I say this all the time. It is tough to be the tournament favorite on the betting board. That mm -hmm. information is available. All right. And you're talking about, I know, don't you say Aberg, I say Oberg. I don't care. The kid <laughs> superstar, he, he, you cannot call somebody a generational talent just because they haven't played in the major and they played in a Ryder Cup. I think he performed very, very well. He also played with the best player, the best partner in the Ryder Cup. I mean, that doesn't hurt playing with Victor the whole time. Um, I have a tough time saying 12 to 1, there's a lot of value in Ludwig Oberg at that point. So if you, if at the top of the board with so much unknown, I, I, and the fact that they probably didn't go to bed in Rome the other night, uh, and that he would be easily distracted, but he's here because he just, he knows in this field, he could show up in top 20, no problem, or probably even top 10, the way that he's hitting it and get his FedEx cup fall points. Uh, I'm going to, I would fade Ludwig not to win. Yeah, we're on the same page here. That that was my guy. We don't know this, but I um that's after looking at the board, uh that's that's where I went as well. I, I can't sign up for that at this point. I know he's young. I know he's got all the energy in the world, but he is been partying. So much energy has to be exposed at the Ryder Cup. I can't even imagine the exhaustion that these guys uh go through on a Monday. In a Tuesday, they have to feel like they've been hit by a truck yeah. in the, you know, just the adrenaline. And so you come off of that and now you got to fly back to Jackson, Mississippi, and you're going to go out there and get hit with a little humidity. And ugh, I don't know, man, I, it feels like a big ass. Plus it's not the, this isn't like the best course for him either. I mean, if, if I'm playing to a strength, I mean, don't you think like driver wise, he wants to see it a a little more of a premium on the driver. I mean, you can you can yeah. get away with a little bit more here off the tee. I don't think his iron game is exactly a strength. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I know he's a great player, but I, I think, you know, I think you're going to need your irons to be really, really peak here this week. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this isn't the best track for him. He's coming off the Ryder Cup. I'm with you. I'm going to fade the favorite. Ludwig and a bog. Now, Makes sense. Top of the board. 
Talk me off of Jaeger. Talk me off of Jaeger. Um, <clears throat> like if, 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 tell me when his last top 10 was, <sighs> I know <laughs> you just did it. You just did it. All right. Uh, an exceptional, if this was a, a DFS podcast, an exceptional play there. And I can back that up by saying that I drafted him last year for season long fantasy. And he was one of the foundational parts of my team. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah. Could Jaeger be your third, you know, your Thursday first round leader? Sure. But he hasn't finished in the top 10 in six months. Yep. So um, at the end of the day, what is going to be the difference that makes him do that? I, I don't know that that's, I would think it would be repetition and competing and not sitting on the sidelines for seven weeks and not really doing, you know, and just playing and, and, and trying to get ready for all of this. Um, give me, give me a top 10 and maybe a week from now or okay. two weeks from now, you know, ball striker place like the Zozo, maybe, maybe Jaeger, but like um, fresh off the jump, he's not the most reliable name at the top there, you know, and the other one, Everyone, I mean, the two hot names this week are going to be Cole and Jaeger, and neither yep. one of them, they, neither one of them, they all are great at getting in the top 40, top mm -hmm. 30, top 20, top 10, no. And you got to think about that. So based off that logic, you want some win equity. So are you then going to go down to Keith Mitchell? Well, I, I think I'd have to go with the guy who won most recently near the top of the board in Emiliano Grio. Because he, you know, he's played there four times. He's had he's always finished in the top forty, and last year he finished fifth. Yeah, and and he's a better player now than he was a year ago at the Sanderson. So, um, you know, at the top of the board, you want me to trust somebody? I mean, those would be the two names. Maybe Svensson. You would um, trust you would trust Grio and Mitchell. I would trust Grio and Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, and you would you and you, you in both cases you'd say I need the putter to kind of take off and killer Keith hasn't been very killer on the greens. No, you know, no. uh, he's more of a West coast killer and, um, Grio, what a colonial, you know, I, he's won in the fall before. I mean, uh, for me at the top of the board, um, and I'm not, yeah. and I'm met anyone that high in an event that doesn't ever see those guys win really. So, Right. I mean, well, to your point, to your you know. point, I mean, just as far as the class, right, of of the top here. Yeah. I mean, Griot played in the playoffs, was 20th at FedEx St. Jude, 31st at the BMW, and 29th at the Tour Championship. Now, he, he played awful in Atlanta, but he, you know, he won the Colonial, and so that's, that's, that's the guy, right? I mean, at least in my eyes from, uh, if I'm looking at the year that he's had, He's won before. Can he, uh, after this layoff here, playing since Atlanta, can he come back out and continue that form and, and be the class? You know, that's kind of what we're what we're we're asking here. It's tough to get excited about yeah. really anybody. I think at the top of the board, there's probably some names more in the middle, and I want to take us there now. All right. And I want to play a little game here. Oh, here we go. You're in a mood today. Yeah, Did we're. The, um, Zach Johnson we're, set you off. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm prepared, so that's. Oh, yeah, that's the difference. I'm prepared. I've actually I've looked at analytics. I've looked at some statistics uh, and I'm wearing and off. So on you. I'm rolling out 
some ideas and some names based off of that statistical analysis. All right. Not not just, you know, hey, I heard Griot is a good dude. And he's friends. I'd like to be friends with him, and that's why I'm picking him. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure he's a good dude to somebody. I mean, that's where we're at. I mean, seriously, this is where we're at. Not to bring up the Ryder Cup again, but from a U.S. Oh. task force and all this, this is where we're at. You know? Yeah, and I'm, Keegan, I'm Keegan ready Bradley, for... Keegan Bradley's driver and passion and energy of being there probably wouldn't have played out very good. No, no, I... I no. All right. Buy or sell. <laughs> I'm not biting on that. Buy or sell. <laughs> Buy or sell. Right. Buy or sell. Top 20. Now, if you feel better about it, if you All feel right. better about top 20, tell me. Okay. You just mentioned the first guy's name, Svensson. Adam Svensson, Canadian. Buy or sell uh, this, is good, no, this is a good fit for him. I would buy him at a top 20. I would not go further than that. Yeah. So you, you know, know I'm and, a sucker. And, you know I'm a sucker for this next name, Alex Smalley. Uh, well, There's I'm glad Smalley? you didn't say Svensson. I'm glad you didn't make me pick between Svensson and Smalley. Um, so Smalley works with Orr still. And Orr is, by trade, one of the better putting coaches out there. With the break, you would think that Smalley would come back. I mean, the ball striking doesn't need to be messed with. So he could have spent seven weeks working on his putting. Yeah. Um, Duke guy, played tons of Southern golf, wouldn't know Bermuda. Um, you know... Putting the proximity so matches and the ball striking matches. So I, I would go, I I could buy on both those guys. Um, top 20, but that's it. Alex Molly missed the cut last year. T 31. The year before that Svensson four tries, no top twenties, but I do think both guys better versions of themselves right now. Yes. They're evolving as players. Yes, for yeah. sure. Where, on the other side of that, the next name, who is not Davis Riley. But we've seen Davis Riley do some pretty special things. Okay, same logic of Smalley goes and figures out his putting with, with his coach, Davis Riley, who's, man, I'll tell you what, made a made a change in coach and I, I think tried to make some changes and just fell off the earth and is not the same version of himself, but he comes back after a little rest, and Davis Riley finishes in the top 20, buy or sell? Uh, sell. And here's the main reason why. Those nine years that they've played at Country Club of Jackson, the average cut line has been 1.3 under par. Right Now we're talking about a birdie fest. We're talking about one of the annually the top five easiest courses on the PGA Tour, but the cut line is only minus one, which tells me, or it should tell anybody out there, that, you know, people make bogeys there. Mm -hmm. So bogey avoidance is a thing. Scrambling is a thing. And that's been one of the weakest areas over, over this kind of roller coaster for Davis Riley. And I, and I don't, there's nothing that could tell me out there right now. That's going to change my mind that suddenly he's going to be after this seven week layoff, he's suddenly going to be a good, you know, chipper and pitcher of the golf ball. Um, and mm -hmm. I, and I think everyone, whether it's like, whether Ludwig shows up and he just goes on a complete stripe show, pardon the pun, right? And he, at some point, he's going to have to maintain scoring momentum with a couple up and downs from around the green. It, we, this is what that, that's what that's telling you, folks. 
it's not a six undercut place or a four undercut place for a place where you win at 20. That disparity between the fact that there'll be a couple rabbits out there in front after 36 holes, it'll be like 12 under or 11 under par and the cuts minus one and you're fitting 65 guys and ties in there. That means that people make mistakes at this place. Mm. And as a result, like I just need Davis Riley to, or somebody in that range that you're going to ask me to buy and sell on. They need to be better short game players. And yep. he's just not there yet. All right. Here's one that's a better short game player, Ben Griffin. And uh, he was T24 here last year. He's had a pretty, you know, we see his name run up the board. He's currently 55 to one. Yeah. I'll buy Ben. I'll buy Ben Griffin top 20. I mean, there's only, we only get 20 of them. So I'm going to sell on him. I could, I could find you 20 names before him. In the All field. right, here's one. Here's one that uh, I think you're going to buy. You've already, I talked about him as my uh, first click, but Sam Ryder, top twenty. Ooh, oh yeah, I, I would. I think, I think Sam Ryder has a legit chance. I, I, I would go as far as top five this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, um, I mean, just that move right there. Yeah, right? look at this. Look at this right here. See this? I was talking with this coach, Josh Gregory. Yeah. You know. Look, this guy's ball striking has really elevated from an iron yep. perspective. And he drove the ball well his last time out as well. I, I feel like Sam Ryder is coming in very confident. And with this field and this course, I think he has a very good chance here. And they're working on shallowing that thing out, but hitting fades. So these are shallow fades. I think oftentimes when we use the term shallow it out, people think, well, he's trying to draw it. No. He's shallowing it out and rotating and hitting shallow fades. Now, oh, allow me to take you around the greens, Keith. Ooh. Check this out. Yeah. One of the things he tries to do around the green is not fade it, but draw it. Attention golfers, if you're looking to upgrade your game with a set of high-quality clubs that are blazing fast beyond forgiving and beautifully made, check out the all-new PXG Gen 6 Golf Clubs. Not only are they easy to hit, they deliver outstanding distance and incredible accuracy, lowering your scores and bringing you more fun on the golf course. What more could you want? Schedule your Gen 6 fitting today at pxg.com or by calling 844-PLAY-PXG. Huh. That, yeah, it's a little draw well, I'll tell you what. bias pitch action. Only he in the Stripe top- show, in the betting show, can this be provided, Keith? All right. Well, let's break this down for a second. Because okay. if you go back to the Farmers, right, when he finished, what, fourth, I think it was? I think it was fourth, right? And he had the lead after 54, whatever, you know. And um, he went out there in the uh, Cabernet-colored pants. But <laughs> he, like, what stood out to me about his ball striking that week that I had never really paid attention to before was his sequence. And I think that's why... He is such an elite ball striker. Now, he might not be an elite scorer, but when you look at that that sequence, right, meaning mm-hmm. using the ground up, whereas most golfers would just pound the ball into that fence on the right because they just yank it down with their arms, right? Mm-hmm. You watch what those shorts are doing. Take it to the top, right? Now watch. Boom, right? Yep. That, that left knee's getting out. Of, there you go. That left yep. knee's getting out of the way, and that pelvis is like, boom, right into the ball like that. Those are your ball strikers. Those guys have no hold back. They have no steer. They hit it solid. And they just know that when they set up and they say, oh, yeah, I'm, um, 
168 away and Sam Ryder grabs his nine iron. He just makes that move and the ball just goes 168. Like he just knows it. Right. And to me, that's the type of guy that you want this week and that puts good on Bermuda. So I, I, I would go, I would literally go as high as top five and I could be convinced that it could be Sam Ryder's time. He's done big event like farmers. He showed up. Um, he continues to play well. He continues to hit the ball well. He's figuring out how to score. He's figuring out how to win. And he's had his card for a long time. Mm-hmm. And to do that at that level, to play under that pressure of always being in that 100 to 125 range and and having the ball striking that certainly is worthy of being on the PGA Tour. Um, yep. I like that. Vi- I'm, I'm glad you brought that. I like that video. That was yeah, good. we're going to do more of that. You know, that's uh, that's a guy I really like this week. And, um, you know, I've been I've been kind of texting with his camp. And, yeah, they like they like this place for him, too. I'm going to make so much money off Sam Ryder this week. It's going to be absolutely absurd. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, guy makes birdies and he hits the ball good. So if if the putter even goes like two strokes to the good, he could put together a, a Burns type win here for sure because yeah. he could definitely, you know, go tee to green nine or ten between off the tee and approach. No doubt about that in my mind. Yep, absolutely. You know? All right, one more. All right, middle of the road here. Buy or sell. Finished third here last year. Garrett Higgo. Sell. Okay. I um. He's a birdie machine. There's no doubt about yeah. that. But um, last two cuts. Mm. there's nothing lately that, um, I mean, he went on that two years ago when he won on the PGA Tour when he came over. But before that, most people don't know. He he won a couple times over there in Africa um, in like a three-week span where he had like, I think he had like three tournaments, which is what, 12 rounds. Of those 12 rounds, he had like, eight rounds of 65 or better. The guy was unbelievable and he can go low, but we just haven't seen that level of consistency and scoring from him since that time. Mm And, um, you know, he's lefty, so something's gotta be wrong. So just (laughs) skip it. Sell. All right. Two names, pick one that you like, which one do you like better? Defending champ Mackenzie Hughes or Akshay Batia? That's a tough one, right? That's a, well, I just said to lefties. Um, kind of pigeonhole you know funny? You know what's funny about Mackenzie right. Hughes? I'll give you some time to think about it. Yeah. Is Mackenzie Hughes won this event last year. And he comes back around this year with a different coach. It's just so funny to me how players just, you know, they, they jump around. I mean, it is inevitable. Like, I talk with coaches, and it's like, it is inevitable you are going to get fired at some point. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And it's probably going to happen in the next couple of years. And then you win. And you're like, I just, you know, <laughs> as a coach, you're like, this is fantastic. We yeah. get to the winner's circle, Mackenzie Hughes. And someone could look at him and say, hey, nice win. But by the time you get to May 1st next year, he's going to be working with someone else. You'd be like, get out of town. I mean, Case in point, imagine your student goes and wins, I don't know, in one season, they win 10 times, three majors, U.S. Open by 15, $10 million. This is 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago. And then at some point you get fired. Yep. Um, 
I I gotta go. I gotta go with Akshay. Better ball striker. Right. Better ball striker. And, and at the end of the day, if neither one of them and and Hughes is career wise been a decent putter, but he just hasn't, you know, since this time last year, it just hasn't been there. And um uh yeah. I mean it's, uh, it's there's way more upside, you know, talking about the high ceiling with Akshay this week than there is for me with Mac Hughes repeating. Mackenzie Hughes is not is not playing nearly as well as he was at this time last year, and he was trending no. as he came into this. I mean, he uh, was was in the playoffs, and you know, forty six at FedEx, fifty eight at BMW, starts the season at Fortinet, twenty fifth, played well, goes to Sanderson Farm, wins, and and now you fast forward, new coach after Augusta, uh, miscut, miscut, fourteen, miscut, 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 Fortinet, miscut, thirty, you know. So it's just, I mean, I don't get it. I, Akshay's like Sam Ryder. I mean, he's that level of ball striker. Yeah. You know, if not, maybe even better, you know, and um, the, the putter, uh, whatever putter he shows up with, long, short, I don't know, forearm, whatever. But uh, <laughs> the ball striking, the ball strike, I mean, just Mac Hughes' ball striking alone just makes him, makes me worry about the cut, let alone, you know, beating somebody. I agree. So I agree. Akshay Batia right now on the board is 70 to one. Right. And Mackenzie Hughes is 70 to one. Brandon Wu, 80 to one. And so now we start getting into some of the longer shots. And let's finish the show with a bomber. You got a name that uh, you know, like you said, this is a tournament that can give us some odds. And so is there a guy that uh, you start looking into that 80, 90, 100, and beyond, you might sprinkle a little on him. I'm going to give you a guy <laughs> who's top 10 in the, he's he's 80 to 1, all right? Okay. He's top 10 in the field off the tee. He's top 5 in the field with the putter. Not American. That's 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 my That's my long shot pick. Are you asking me to guess? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it, I could pique your interest with that. Maybe you wanted to play along, but uh, Zenhut? No, no, no. Right country though, right country. MJ Duffy. MJ Duffy. Okay. All right. Really good. Uh, if there's a birdie machine, really good par five scoring. Huge factor this week. Those four par fives over four rounds are good. Those guys will eat them up. There's the 15th hole, the drivable par four. That's another one. Um, the way he drives the ball and the way he puts the ball, um, the wedge game could be a little more solid, but I'm going with the fact that he's on the tour, that he hits his wedges better than me and you. So um, if you want someone further down the board who is a name that you don't know, and if you say, Keith, you out of your mind, just bet him top 40. You'll get positive money on a top 40 and put your biggest bet of the week on that and then just cash in. I'm trying to pull up MJ Duffy's uh, previous, and it's not letting me. Well, and, it's because uh, I have of, it blocked for you. And some of his, yeah, literally, it's not letting me pull it up. It's very strange. You probably do have it locked. <laughs> um, it, he's he missed the cut at the Fortnite. Don't get me wrong, but wow, okay. I mean, he's not a great wedge player. Hey, who was walking up? Give me this much, right? <laughs> just, who, who who was walking you know, up in 2016 going, Cody Gribble's my man? Right. Right. 
You know who is it? Okay, so on that note, my bomber. Yeah, who do you got? Who bomber? is it better? Who is a better wedge player? It's Carson Young. 110 right. to 1. Yeah. So I like to run my model, you know, and factor in the key statistics and this and that, yardages, yep. weigh it out based off what we've seen in the past. And Carson comes in 30th for me. Um, I think he do I think he'll do enough off the tee. I think his iron game is fine. I think he's a good putter. Uh, I think his wedge game is good. He makes a lot of birdies. He does. Yeah. And his short game scares the living, living daylights out of me. But he's 110 for a reason. For a reason, yes. And, and, and that is the reason. And so, but I like, I like the upside. Bermuda, he checks out well. He finished 19th at Fortinet. He's kind of trending the same way in in a weird way as uh, as McKenzie Hughes was last year, and so he goes in there and he hits the ball like he's been hitting it. He gets it up and down a few more times and he sinks a few more putts, and we've got ourselves a hundred and ten bomber. All right, there you have it. A couple long shots. Anybody else I'm missing? Anybody else that just I you have to say his name before we jump off the air. Anything about the Ryder Cup that maybe you actually did like that played out the way? <laughs> um, I can't say enough good things about Max Homa. And uh, the only Ryder uh, I'm excited about this week is Sam Ryder. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'll absolutely. be in Vegas. I'll be in Vegas for you next week. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Fall series. We're going to be trying a few different things. That was fun. Um, this week, some some bets to think about here. Sanderson Farms in the, at the Country Club of Jackson. This is the second tournament of the yeah. new season, remember. It's a season-long race to the FedEx Cup. He's Keith. I'm Travis. We'll see you next week.